Welcome to Redeemer Lives, Redeemer Lives, a podcast by and about the spirituality of the richly diverse Milwaukee Christians who are all connected to little old Redeemer Church in the heart of the city on Wisconsin Avenue. I'm Lisa Bates Froyland, pastor of Redeemer, and since 2011, I've been on a journey with the incredible people you'll meet on this podcast each week. I always say there are no dull people at Redeemer, and thanks be to God for that. Even during this pandemic, our Redeemer lives, and we are living our Redeemer lives. So when people find out that I'm a pastor, they instantly think they need to clean up their language. They'll apologize profusely if they happen to utter a four-letter word in my presence. And I find that surprising. Of all things, wearing a clerical collar does not make me the speech police, And I'll often tell people, hey, I am much more offended that kids will go to bed hungry tonight than hearing you drop the F-bomb. Kids going to bed hungry is truly obscene. Clearly, it has also become more and more socially acceptable to use swear words in everyday conversation in almost all settings. And psychologists tell us it is a truly effective way to release stress. So why is swearing still seen as a bad thing in the realm of religion? Well, partly, I think, it's an understanding of the commandment given to Moses in the book of Exodus, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And for Lutherans like me, we were raised with an interpretation of that commandment from Martin Luther that said, you will not curse, swear, lie, or deceive, which we took to mean no swearing or God will zap you. Not so. The commandment was about how you use names for God, that it should be respectfully and prayerfully and for good. Well, our guest today has journeyed a good long while with speaking habits that she sometimes wrestled with maybe changing. She's got an amazing life story, and we will weave both of those together in an episode we're calling I Swear. So Gloria Roschke was born Gloria Navarro and uh, born in Texas, raised in Milwaukee. And when she was just 17 years old, she met Micah Roschke, the son of a Lutheran pastor, and they fell in love. Married now 17 years, they are parents to two wonderful children. Gloria works as an assistant principal in the Milwaukee public school system. And the family joined a Redeemer congregation shortly after her father-in-law began serving as pastor in 2009. She has taught Sunday school, and she is the grand prize winner of the chili (laughs) cook-off. And I love to have her at my side leading worship. So welcome. Thank you, Gloria. Well, damn, that was a great intro. So I'm going to start with the two questions I'm going to ask every guest on the podcast. How is it with your soul? Um, I think it's good with my soul. I'm very honored and blessed to be here with you. Very excited to be um, a part of this conversation. A little nervous, to be honest with you. Um, First time I think I swore (laughs) in front of you. Um, Not the first time I've sworn in front of a pastor, though. But um, yeah, part of that will probably come up at some point. Um, and during this pandemic, you're an educator, so I also wanted to give you the chance to answer a question about, you know, if there were one thing that the general public could know about um, 
what it's like to be working in the public schools right now. What do you wish people knew? Um, I, I wish people knew the tremendous amount of work um, our, our staff is putting into really trying to support our students and families. It's sometimes hard to see what goes on behind the scenes, you know, um, and I think for the first time ever, parents are getting a little peek into the classroom um, and it might not look pretty. It might be messy and fumbly because our teachers are learning uh, so many new things. It's like um, learning how to walk again um, for the first time. And so, you know, as we're trying to step up our game, um, we just hope that everyone can be patient and understanding and then supportive of one another in this, this new journey. So uh, another question, too, uh, kind of about this time, maybe the time in your life as well. Um, just to tell me a little bit about your ongoing conversation with God. What's your prayer life like lately? Um, you know, it's it's been up and down over the years. Um, sometimes I'm really good and, and have I've had good habits with talking to God. And then sometimes I, I kind of forget, you know, honestly, and I just go through the motions of day-to-day living. But I find myself in this new um, state of existence in this pandemic, talking to God more often, um, really looking uh, for that guidance, that reassurance. And like, you know, there's moments where I'm just simply like, Jesus, take the wheel. And when I say it, I truly mean, God, please take control of this so that I um, don't lose control. And uh, I think that's been very helpful. and then sometimes I resort to F-bombs and other things. But, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm I'm talking to God more. And I think that's helped to bring some stability and peace during these uncertain times. What do you hear or feel kind of coming back at you? Um, you know, sometimes I just feel a sense of calm, mm. of, you know, reassurance that I'm not alone. Um, with my thoughts that I'm not alone trying to figure things out and um, I really believe in that idea sometimes of let go and let God and God will help me find a way um, to work through the stresses to work through the challenges um, and then also to remember that there's still goodness in the world and I think God shows me that every single day so I think it's been helpful. So tell me a little bit about your background leading up to the time that you met Micah. Um, So growing up, um, my life, I feel, was a little bit um, different in some ways. I um, am a Mexican woman, and growing up on the north side, uh, that was very different. You know, um, being the only Mexican family in the neighborhood, Um, And then with that, my stepfather, the man who raised me, um, who I know as my dad, um, he's black, and we grew up with his family. And then on top of that, um, I was in the 220 program and was being bused out to the suburbs for school. And so, you know, being Mexican, uh, growing up in a black neighborhood and black household, and then going to school surrounded by all white people, white teachers, uh, white classmates, I always felt like um, a square peg trying to fit in a round hole everywhere I went. And it was just so 
overwhelming at times, but I really feel that those experiences, those people that I was able to connect with and learn from really helped shape who I am and teach me how to adapt um, in different situations and with different people. Um, So although at times it was very overwhelming, very challenging, um, I, I find that it was a blessing in disguise. But where did you pick up the swearing habit? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I know that I uh, grew up in a household where there's a lot of profanity. Um, I think one of my uncle's favorite word was the F word, which um, I can relate to. But uh, the, the idea, though, I think for my parents was do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. And although there was a lot of swearing in the house, I... Um, I had to hold it in until I got around my friends, you know, and you're on the school bus and, you know, things like that. Um, So I pretty much picked up a a good potty mouth young at a young age. Um, And, you know, the music I listened to and things like that, uh, I I think have all influenced my language choice. (laughs) And then you met Micah. Yes. And it was quite a shock. And I think um, even my friends were kind of surprised, like, him are you sure like what um because he's completely opposite of me he is someone who doesn't really use profanity grew up um the son of a pastor and a mom who's an educator and um swearing was just not commonplace for him and his household um and so it was it was quite interesting to kind of feel like I was the the you know naughty one of the group and I had to always hold my tongue and watch what I say and you know like oh my god I must be such a bad person that these wonderful people don't talk like that so I guess I shouldn't talk like that either you know yeah there was a time when when that really concerned you that this was kind of your your go-to um why was why was that problematic well, because I felt like, okay, when I met him, you know, and started to really think through some of these differences between me and him and um, was like, man, if I die at any day, like if I were to die right now, there's going to be an angel with a clipboard outside the pearly gates. Like, uh, no, you've cursed like over 10,352 times in your life already. You're not getting in this uh, place, lady. So good luck. And I really, truly thought that, like, I was going to hell. I was this terrible person. I swore all the time. Um, And it didn't matter if I was nice. It didn't matter if I was trying to have a faith. Like, this profanity that sometimes did come out in anger was just inexcusable and unacceptable. And, you know, that was um, a hurdle to me being um, my best self or being a true Christian Um, And so it was, I really got stuck in that idea that I couldn't have it both ways. I couldn't be a good Christian and I couldn't use profanity, you know. But you've come to a different place now, kind of a, a, you're at peace with it. How did that happen or what do you think now? Yeah, so I remember in one of our church services, you showed a video of a woman, a pastor, who basically just opened up this idea that profanity does not make you a bad person. It does not make you a a bad Christian. And that, you know, this idea that uh, profanity, swear words are all a human construct, you know, and we give words power and we determine, you know, how we feel about them. And that it's not God who is going to punish us. Um, 
and and really starting to think through that in such a different way after hearing almost this permission that you can you know be a good person even if you curse like it, it was eye-opening and it really made me stop and think like huh you know I I think there's something to this um, and swearing doesn't define me and um, I can still read the Bible and, and still um, say how I feel and what's on my mind in a ways that I feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And so obviously from this podcast so far, you can turn it on and turn it off. Yes. So and, what's that about? Well, I think a lot of it, um, as I've come to, to reflect and think through, um, you know, what is profanity really about for me and for others? And I think it's about boundaries. And I think it's about respect, um, which is something I teach my children both at home and at school. You know, um, and, and what is your intent when you're, when you're saying words of any kind? And I think that's what really matters. You know, when we have a student at school who's cursing up a storm and angry, and when I sit down and talk to that child, the focus is not about the swear words. It's about why are you upset? What do you need? How are you feeling? How can I help? And so I think sometimes we get caught on the words, but not really the meaning, the the emotions behind them. But then also I feel profanity, you know, has a fun place in life. And it can really um, uh, make a great expression of creativity, of humor, and connectedness. And, um, you know, if I feel someone's going to be offended by my use of profanity, then I will stop because I, I want to respect people's feelings. But I also want to feel that I'm respected to be who I am and I can express myself freely because the people around me um, love me, they know my heart, and that saying fuck is not going to prevent them from respecting me and, and caring for me as a person. So, Right. And so knowing your heart, that's the other side of this I swear um, episode is, you know, I, I wanted you to be able to have a chance to, to talk about what you would swear to. What are kind of those deep holdings um, of your life and your faith? Yeah, well, I can swear to the fact that I am a work in progress. Mm. And I can really swear to the fact that it is through God's word, his love, his grace, that I can continue to feel comfortable in my journey with being who I am and loving myself and understanding that others can love me um, based on who I am and that changing who I am for someone else is not what's going to bring me happiness. Um, Letting God's word guide me and being uh, my focus is really what's going to bring me happiness and a sense of peace. So um, I can really say that it's been my faith that's transformed me from a person who was angry, who typically only used profanity in anger, to now someone who I I use it in positive ways and and ways to really express myself joyfully. Um, So that's that's really what I can swear to in my life. Um, So thank you for letting me share that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm also asking every guest on the podcast to um, share a favorite Redeemer memory. Um, So I I have a a few. I really, truly do. And I have, um, well, one I can really say, and I was actually thinking about this the other day, is our uh, World Bee Day. Oh, yeah. 
and sitting in the pews and seeing people of all ages, young and old, wearing their bee wings and their bee antennas just bobbing up and down. And I just, I just remember um, how fun that was and how wonderful it was that we can all support each other and do fun things. And I've always felt that at Redeemer and have so many great experiences surrounding those emotions. So it's just mm-hmm. one of them. That was a great day. It was an awesome day, World Bee Day, quite a while ago. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for uh, coming by and um, sharing your heart and just a couple of tiny little swear words from time to time, not many. (laughs) I know. I I mean, I got to be true to myself, and um, I'm sure this is what people were waiting for. (laughs) Is she going to say it? I did. (laughs) Thanks. Spoken word is so important um, to our faith tradition. It's with words that God creates a whole world. And uh, it's words of forgiveness. I'm sorry. I accept your apology. That mean the difference between a relationship breaking up and having the chance for reconciliation and going forward. Speech blesses people. We use spoken words to baptize people into the faith. I do marries you to another person for the rest of your life. And we speak words of of blessing and we commend spirits to God um, at the times of funerals. I went into studying speech before I became a pastor because I knew that it was an announcement with words that suddenly made it okay to be at war and to kill hundreds and thousands of people at a time. And... I wondered about how the use of language could prevent violence, could make the world seem like a more poetic place. And I see language in the Bible being used in in so many different ways. It it gives you a flavor for the whole capacity of the human spirit. So I wanted to have this episode about swearing and profanity just to say there's something Gloria mentioned early on is that it, it is a human construct. We pour into words and language a meaning that we decide they have. And those decisions can change over time. And it all really does boil down to respect and love for your fellow person. And so whatever you choose to say, however you express kind of the heights of joy and the desperation of being really frustrated in a moment, they're words. They're, on the one hand, just words, and yet just words can do so many things. Thanks for joining us on this podcast, and join us again next week.